Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 16 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it over here to my co-host, who is actually not on my left this time. He is straight in front of me. Uh, we have been kicked out of our usual habitat and are doing a makeshift show inside a much smaller room. Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? Glad to be back. You know, long hiatus, you know, good holiday break. Happy New Year. Glad yeah, to be too. here. How was your New Year's? It was good. I went to Ocean City. How was your uh, Christmas? Christmas was good. <laughs> Christmas, you know, is a lot of it's travel. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of travel. Uh, did my family a couple days before Christmas, and then we went up and celebrated with my girlfriend uh, and her family on Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, it was nice. Uh, just a lot of travel, but it was good to see everyone, and then uh, came back and did New Year's in Ocean City at Figures Island. So it was a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. How about That's you? a weekend away. It was good. Uh, Christmas did not have to travel up to the wonderful state of New York and visit Long Island <laughs> like you. I'm very jealous, as you can tell by the sound of my voice. Uh, but New Year's was fun. Uh, we got a hotel downtown in Baltimore. Uh, we went down in uh, Fed Hill and spent the night down there. So that was a good time. Uh, nothing crazy actually happened. So unfortunately, I don't have any, any content. Any to content talk. or yeah. any crazy stories. And no content to talk yeah. about. Um, God, I hate that word. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Holidays were fine. Back in the routine. And you know, just getting right back at it. it yeah, it's like. depressing, isn't it? It is. And it's, you know, I've always said, even since I was in school, the month of January and February, they're just the worst because you get right back into the grind and it feels like everything that people procrastinated on during the month of December just gets shit canned it's, on It's you. everything. Like it's the everything. month of December. It's, you yep. know, people just look at their calendars and go, oh, it's December 14th. I don't have to do anything until January 14th. Yeah. And that's when shit hits the fan. Exactly. So before we get started and get you guys all caught up, uh, my New Year's resolution is actually to be better at this. I am going to start announcing our interview guests at the start of the episode as opposed to when I randomly remember them 35 minutes in. Uh, today, we are actually going to have a very special guest, my ex-captain uh, at Calvert Hall, second lieutenant, Dan Flock. Uh, awesome he was, interview. He was nice enough to join us. Uh, we got him and a couple other guys that you'll be hearing soon about a week ago. Uh, Nick and I got together on a Saturday, and it felt pretty official. We just had people booked from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Line up, go, 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 one, two, three. Uh, felt pretty cool doing that, actually. that was It was really cool. I mean, it's something that we both enjoy doing, so it was fun to sit down and just make that your whole day. And I think both of us, when we were done, were like, I'm kind of tired. Like, <laughs> Oh, I was gassed. I yeah. was like, this is not easy. Because, like, uh, you know, I, I know this has been said before, but being the person who is actively asking questions is a lot more energy consuming than the guy who's just spitballing answers. Yeah, because you kind of have to tailor it to each person that comes in and like their, yeah. you know, backstory and whatnot. But, you know, who thought sitting on your ass and, you know, talking about something you liked would actually tire you out? Yeah, but uh, some really good interviews coming up for you guys. Some really funny interviews coming up for you guys. Definitely. And we got more coming. Uh, we definitely have more coming. We've got actually a decent amount of people who want to come on. Uh, I feel like, you know, not to get too sentimental, but we've kind of got this little cult going where we've got like this D.C., Baltimore area, like kind of culture where we kind of pick off, I wouldn't say famous stories, but fairy tales that have been told around this area about Definitely. people's experiences. So it's pretty cool to do. Uh, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. And Dan, we'll get Dan on here a little later in the episode. 
But first, we are going to kick off with NHL news, and I'm going to let Nick take it over from here. So there has been a ton that has gone on since the last time you guys heard our voices. Um, time out. Not to, in, well, not to interrupt you, but yeah. to interrupt you. <laughs> um, we haven't recorded in probably two and a half, three weeks. There's been you know some delays that went on and you know just holidays in general. So we're not going to go through everything that's happened since the last time we spoke. This is we'd be here for five hours. So we're just going to kind of go through what's you know going on this week. The big stuff, really. Yeah. Uh, so the most, I think, relevant headline to us yes. as people in this sort of business, if you can call it that, is Jeremy Roenick was suspended indefinitely by NBC Sports for his comments regarding his co-workers during an interview with that podcast called Spit and Chicklets. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so before we even dive into this, I've had some people ask me like, oh, like, do you guys not want to mention chicklets? Like, do you guys, you know, is it something that you'll talk about their podcast and yours? I don't think it's any secret that they're kind of our inspiration, right? Yeah, and they're, I don't the, they're think, the pod father. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's any, you know, secret that we want to try to eventually one day get to their level. So there's no use in, you know, acting like they don't exist. They're arguably the mega of hockey media in the world right now. Definitely. Um but this is something interesting. I mean, for those of you who didn't hear the podcast, uh, he basically said that on his vacation in Prague, I think it was. Portugal. Portugal, my bad. Uh, Ronick, that is, I'm talking about. That him and his quote-unquote blonde bombshell wife and Catherine <laughs> Tappan were in a pool and this woman came up to them and was like, so what's the story with you? And he's like, if I could go to bed with them, both of them, every night I would. And something like that. Something along those lines. Something insinuating that the three of them were all going to you know, do the dance with no pants. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, basically NBC caught wind of it, obviously. Uh, suspended him indefinitely from their show. And there has been a... Free JR hashtag that has drove the internet crazy, myself included in that. <laughs> what are your thoughts? So, obviously, I think we know the type of person that Jeremy Roenick is. You know, mm -hmm. he's got a little bit of a loud mouth on him. He likes to stir the pot a little bit. I think this is a situation where it just, you can't say stuff like that about your coworkers. I mean, we know that he is very close friends with Catherine Tappan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her husband and, you know, all that jazz. But, like, even if they are best friends, uh, you, you just can't say stuff like that anymore. Certainly not about your coworkers and certainly not on a stage like Spit and Chicklets. Yeah, I would say, you know, part of me thinks that Catherine probably doesn't care that he said it if it was just them. But the fact that it was on a podcast that gets half a million yeah. listeners every episode – I would imagine, this is a guess, that NBC probably intervened and said, hey, this ain't going to fly. No, and I think with you look at like NBC, not just NBC Sports, but NBC, the company, their history of not coming forth with like male, female, co-worker issues in the past. Yeah. I mean, the list is enormous of ones you can think of, but I think this was just them trying to get out in front of this before it spun out of control. Yeah, yeah I think you're probably right. And I don't want to beat this to a dead horse, but in my opinion, if this was Catherine, her husband, Jr., and his wife, and he made the joke at dinner, just them four, she probably wouldn't have cared. No but problem. 500,000 yeah. listeners, it's going to kind of raise some eyebrows. So, exactly. Uh, that was talked enough, enough on the Chicklets podcast, but 
I figured that it was something that Nick and I would, you know, kind of give our two cents on considering that it is a, you know, a part of the hockey culture and media and just, you know, how things are changing. So definitely. I think the other interesting thing about it was NBC also included the comments that Ronick made about Patrick Sharp. Uh, oh, yeah. As, you know, another reason why he would get suspended. How he would fuck him and take it up the ass. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is know, that what yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess it was just them sort of trying to cover all their bases there, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a lose-lose there. It is. Hope, when do you think JR will be back? That's my question. Um, I'd hope to see him, you know, at some point in the summer maybe come back. Uh, but who knows? You know, this is NBC's thing. It's up to them. Yeah. You know. I understand. Uh, but moving on from that, the Toronto Maple Queefs are tied for first in point percentage since Sheldon Keefe took over. Guess who in this room took the Leafs on the Stanley Cup future when Sheldon Keefe was hired? I think that would be you. I did. Yeah. And I'm not crazy. No, They're on you're not. fire. Yeah, they, they are on fire. Really, really good. They're hot. Uh, they just finished third in NHL NBC's power rankings this week that were released on Wednesday, January 1st. Uh, so that's some, they're a team to be reckoned with. I mean, they're putting beatdowns on people and they're scoring at a really high rate. William Nylander. Holy shit. He's so sick. And this is what we've said about this team is like when they're on, yeah, they have the best roster in the NHL, arguably. Yeah. I mean, they just went up against a red hot Winnipeg Jets team last night in Winnipeg and, and just shit pumped them, spanked them yeah. six, three, six, three, I believe maybe five. Three. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they look incredible. Matthews is still 11th in the league in scoring. Nylander shutting everybody up about the holdouts for the contract. Yep. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say? That was last year? Yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, and his hair is immaculate. Yeah, he's a hot man. <laughs> uh, but, you know, other than that, I don't have enough to say about the Leafs. I think the one thing that is going to hold them back is going to be backup goalie going yes, forward. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's still known that Freddie Anderson is carrying a majority of the load. A lot more than I think. One, he's used to. Two, is sort of capable of carrying for an 82-game season. Yeah, I would say the burnout factor is something to keep an eye on, but the Leafs look really, really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just have a feeling, man. But, I mean, if you see the backup starting, you – Bet the over in that game. I mean, you know, oh, hundred percent. That game they had against Carolina, what was it like, eight to three or something like that? And then it went eight six. Yeah, there. exactly. So yeah, keep an eye on them for the overs because they've been scoring at a really alarming rate. Yeah, uh, I'll let you take the next topic. Uh, so I have. Uh, you remember how Jim Montgomery was fired by the Dallas Stars? Mm. This was about a month ago that this came out, and no details were really given aside from the fact that no players, current or former had been involved in any sort of issue with him. Uh, the Stars did say it was due to unprofessional conduct. Uh, we finally got some clarity on that today as Montgomery released a statement saying that he has admitted himself to an alcohol abuse rehab facility. Hmm. So obviously, you know, we hope the best for him and his family. Hopefully he gets the help that he needs, and hopefully he comes back and coaches at some level someday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's something that people will probably respect uh, that – I don't even want to judge about it. I mean, he got yeah. fired. He knows that he has a problem. He's getting it looked at or checked out or whatever you want to phrase it as. So I don't. Really and he have... even came out and said he was like, you know, this was the appropriate decision at the time. Yeah, I really don't have any further comments on that. I mean, I don't want to speculate or yeah, anything like that. 
but I think it's good that he's, you know, doing something about it and, you know, nothing but the best towards him and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from that, Leas Anderson of the New York Rangers has demanded a trade from the team. The 21-year-old Swede has left the club and is currently awaiting an update. So this kid's pretty talented. This is I'm one of their, like, you know. Top five prospects. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my understanding is that he and please remind me of their coach's name. I'm blanking right now. Dan Dave, Quinn. Dave Quinn. Dave, Dan. We fucked this up on yeah. one of the. One th- coaches the Falcons. The other one coaches the Rangers. It's Dave Quinn. I think it is Dave Quinn. It's Dave Quinn. Yeah. My understanding is that Dave Quinn uh, has said that he is not a complete two-way player as of right now and that his physicality has been lacking. Okay. Uh, this is one of those skilled Swedes, if you yes. will. Um, pretty much anyone whose name ends in Berg or Land or Son is usually going to end up being just a skill guy is what I've pretty much Something concluded. like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're the guys doing um, the lacrosse moves. They're right, not yeah. the, They're not the... <laughs> The Hornquist going in front of the right. net and crash into the Franzens. So, so I think if I remember correctly, Anderson was one of the younger guys that was sent down to Hartford at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So obviously has come back up in that time. Probably isn't getting the you know minutes he wants or the you know lineup matchups he wants. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But that guy could definitely fetch a price. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, he's one of those prospects who could be thrown into sweet, not sweet. I shouldn't say sweeten a deal. That could make a deal be like, okay, we're doing it. He's definitely one of those prospects. I think you could, you might be able to, you know, maybe not a first with the issues that are going on with him, but a second and a player I think you could get for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, plus, the Rangers have so much young talent that I don't really think this is going to affect them that much. I don't, but I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes and the impact he has if, like, a change of scenery is sort of, you know, the Pulp Fiction shot to the heart for this kid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, uh, a former Ranger, John Tortorella, was fined 20k for his comments against officials following a game against Chicago. Uh, the issue was around time that ran off the game clock not being put back on, following a whistle that would have allowed Columbus to win the game. So uh, just a little more background for people. My understanding is that um, the whistle was blown for a call, and while the whistle was blown... There was an extra second that ticked off the clock that was not put back on. Yes. And Torts was saying, why isn't it going to be put back on? And the refs basically didn't listen to him and ignored it. Yeah. And Columbus scored, not scored a goal, they got the puck in the net a about a second after time ran out in the third yes. period. And yeah. had they put the second back on the clock, they would have won the game. Yes. So I completely understand why Torts was fired up. I mean, it sucks he got fined for it, you know. I don't necessarily agree with some of the things he said directed at the officials, but I mean, it's ridiculous. They reviewed it. It went to Toronto and it came back and nothing happened. And I completely agree with him. You know, he said all this technology has supposedly made the game better, but like, you know, they still kind of fucked this up. I hope Torch never retires. No, me neither. Yeah. (laughs) If you want a really good soundbite, YouTube this. This is well worth taking 30 seconds out of your day to YouTube this because it is hilarious. And, uh, you know, he has some pretty choice words, quite colorful language, if you will. Uh, I really don't blame him either. I mean, this is something where I don't really understand how you let this slip. And not only that, their starting goaltender got injured as a result of this, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. So what's his... 
uh, Corpusalo. Yes, Corpusalo. The Jackets are actually 6-0-4 in their last 10 games. Corpusalo has been lights out for them in the last 10. They're actually within six points of striking in a wild card playoff spot. So, you know, a lot of us are thinking as Columbus as a tanking team this year. I mean, they were on a nosedive to start the season. They were, but yeah. they're a little bit on the come up. And this isn't, you know, a scenario where they are just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. It's just two points. I mean, this is the time of year now where you're you going to push. You're going to, you yeah. got to start making a push. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of pushes, this is me going off of our outline. The Nashville Predators are in deep shit. Yeah, I think it's coach firing time. Uh, I'm going to say, you know what? I think it's going to be coach firing time when they potentially miss the playoffs at the end of the year. I don't think they'll do it midseason. Okay. but I think because it's poil, they won't do it midseason. But I think, you know, yeah, they, it's something that needs to happen. They started the year <laughs> off red hot, and I was hammering them and yep. making so much money. And then, as Nick can tell you, I started. It just came losing. to a grinding halt. Like, start yeah. of November, I was like, oh, let me get this Christmas chopping money out of the way. And nope. it just didn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Pecorino uh. has. He was literally the favorite for the Vesna after the first month of the season. Take yeah, and for- it's funny because we had talked about that at the beginning of the year. We were like, can this guy win it at 37? Yeah. But now it's just. No, he's yeah. really lost it. And yeah. that Winter Classic loss, which we'll touch on in a second, uh, that really doesn't bode well. Just because that's a game where when you look back on the season, that's one where you're like, hey, that's where we turned it around. But instead it's like, hey. That's where the dagger. That's where we had a two nothing lead and blew it. That's where the dagger really yeah. just hit us in the heart. So yeah. uh they're gonna need to make some adjustments going forward. Their roster on paper is absolutely stacked. I don't know what the answer is. It might just be a new voice that they need as yeah. behind the bench. La Violette is known to, you know, kind of I guess get a worn out voice after two or three years of being in a yes. certain spot, so yeah. we'll what see. do you what do you think comes first there? Do you think coach gets fired first, or do you think they sell a big piece first? Coach, yeah, I don't see them. I, they yeah. they got a good group. They I do. don't really think there's anybody there that they would say, "Hey, you know what? We might be better if we move on from this guy." Yeah. I think I could see them moving like a Kyle Turris. I was just literally yeah. I, I was thinking yeah. maybe a Turris because I think he's their third line center, right? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he might actually even be their fourth line center. Yeah, so you know, a player that was brought there to make a huge impact and a tremendously skilled player too. Yeah, um, I think they might move him to maybe someone that's making a playoff push and needs you know third, fourth line center depth. Right. Uh, we'll see. And now that they lost Ryan Ellis to injury from yeah, the Corey Perry, that's a hit, big one. That's going to really hurt them. Yeah. Um, moving on, Alex Ovechkin has announced that he will sit out the All Star game for a second consecutive year to rest his body. Uh, for those of you that don't know the rules surrounding this, the NHL actually issues players who do this a one-game suspension, which I think is the stupidest thing in the world. Um, that's basically like your job saying, like, oh, you're not going to come in on Friday. Well, now you don't have to come in on Monday, too. <laughs> so, Here's why I think they do it. I actually don't hate the rule because I feel like if... I get it. I get why it's there. Think of how many more yeah. guys would be doing this, right? Yes. They want to make Well, they all would be doing this. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, Dylan Larkin literally tweeted, please don't vote he me. Was, I don't want to go. I don't think any of them want to go. Maybe Ovi should have done that. Yeah. You know, for a Russian machine, he sure is quite a pussy about <laughs> going to the All-Star Don't game. test me. Um, <laughs> so, and this got me thinking. Uh, so, it's the second year that he's done this. He wants to rest his body. I'm, you know, I'll support him in pretty much anything that he does. So, I'm fine with that. I think the All-Star game has gotten so bad in the last 10 years. Yeah. So I think like it was great when they 
stopped doing the East West and started doing, they went to like that fantasy draft and then they moved it to like a four on four and then they moved it to like a three on three. And then they did like four teams of three on three by division. But I, you know, it's, the game, the All Star Game, has gotten so pointless and stupid, despite the fact that NHL talent is at an all time high. Yeah, so I hate to admit this, but I feel like it across all sports, and especially the NBA, which might actually have an influence on this, somewhere along the line when the you know like two thousand five came along, people stopped caring as much about the All Star Game and started caring more about their team winning. Think of any sport, honestly, and I mean this. Think of any sport, NHL, NBA, Pro Bowl, MLB. It feels like it was treated like a a very competitive, star-studded matchup back in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Or even like the early 2000s. Like, What was the All-Star game? I think it was like 09, where it was in Montreal. It went to a shootout, and Ovi scored the shootout winner for the East, and people were going crazy. Yeah. Um, or even the pictures of just, you know, Lemieux and Yager versus like Gretzky and yeah. Coffee or right. Bork in the West. Like those guys, not like they dueled it out, but it was a competitive game. For sure. Right? And yeah. that's how it was. And you could say the same about the NBA, right? Like look at Jordan versus, I don't know, Patrick Ewing. Like, right? You got right. West Coast Bulls versus East Coast Knicks. Like what? Like, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like they went to strut their shit. Yes, and exactly. now people don't go to strut their shit. They go to be to have fun, to have fun, and see the guys and hang out yeah. and go for the experience. It's like, do I blame them? No, not no. really, because I'd probably do the same thing. But like, I, I think it's a culture shift where we've just gotten to the point where it sucks for us to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have my guy not get hurt. Yes, and give his body rest to be ready towards the end of the year, as opposed to him going. Which, to be honest. I can't fault, and I'm shocked it took this long in sports history to get to this For point. For people to start doing this. Yes. Now, what I will say is crazy is that, you know, if this is the Olympics, you're a fucking asshole. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, think, I mean, he wouldn't do that for the Olympics. No, I don't no, think no. anyone would do that for the Olympics. No, I don't think they would. But I'm saying as far get, as the owners go, yes. that's a whole different ball. We have wax. to get the NHL to send players to the Olympics again before we can have that discussion. Yeah. Um, Nobody who plays for Russia is going to skip. No. And speaking of Russians. Oh, boy. I'll let you take this. So the Montreal Canadiens, you know, they did what we were saying that I didn't think anyone was going to do, and they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a one-year, two-way deal worth 700 k at the NHL level and 70 k at the AHL level. Uh, so, you know, when Kovalchuk got cut, dealt, left, you know, whatever from the Kings, we were like, you know, I think this is it. It's done. He's going to go back to Russia, uh, get paid whatever he wants, and just, you know, play for Ska. Uh Apparently not. A North American team and an NHL team has decided to take a chance on him, so we'll see how this goes. I know a lot of people said they felt that Kovalchuk didn't work out in L.A. because he wasn't getting time with Kopitar and he wasn't getting top six minutes and top six power play time, but I I mean, is it really going to help Montreal that much? This is desperate times call for desperate measures if I've ever seen it. Yeah, Montreal's been nosediving lately. Carey Price has not been playing up to Carey Price standards. Yes, be cock in Miami, whatever his name is, <laughs> is not living. I mean, he's still young. He's, you know, yeah. they've got a little ways to go. It's not there yet. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, he, he's, he's a been good hurt. Play. Yeah, yeah, he's been hurt. I mean, he's had the injury bug for a little bit now. 
I mean, they don't really have any star player names, and I'm not saying he like Ilya Kovalchuk is a star. No, but at least he has the potential. Yeah, to just kind of go on a 20 game heater. Yeah, and get them somewhat relevant again because yeah. right now they're looking like Alexei. Lafreniere is going to be on their roster potentially next year. If they Which I'm this. sure everyone in Quebec would just lose their absolute <laughs> minds over. That yeah. would be literally like being a god. Yeah. He'd be the closest thing to Maybe it. that's why they brought Kovalchuk there. They're like, wow, you made LA terrible. Come make us terrible. It's so a we take can, job. We can get this other French kid. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, Canadians GM Mark Bergevin actually did say this in a press conference today that this is, quote, Ilya's last chance. So I would say so. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked that if they dropped him to the A, he just bounces. Uh, yeah, considering he would probably get paid $4 million a year in Russia, yeah. be provided all the Grey Goose on God's earth. And the black card. And probably be offered any hooker slash stripper slash right. whatever female version of prostitution you want to say for free. As opposed to making seventy grand in the AHL, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say that's probably. A I safe think bet. you'd do that. I'd say that's a safe bet. Uh, speaking of Kovalchuk, I saw this and this made me crack up. So the Kings, who just traded him or dealted him or whatever you want to call it, have eleven million dollars in cap space for next season, tied up in Ilya Kovalchuk, Dion Phaneuf, and Mike Richards, none of whom play for that team anymore. Yeah, it's pretty sad. That sucks. And for a team that's got some serious money tied up in some other aging pieces, that's not a good look. Uh, no, that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too many further comments on that. I mean, we know the history of Richards and Phaneuf and, you know, you're just adding Kovalchuk to the bunch. So exactly. it is what it is. Uh, moving on, the Winter Classic happened recently. So the outdoor game that the NHL does usually on New Year's Day was played at the Cotton Bowl between the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators. Both of us have shit on recent outdoor games in the past, especially the stadium series games. Mm -hmm. Uh, We said that they look terrible when they're played in baseball stadiums and that when it's 75 and sunny and they put fake snow down to make it look, you know, old time hockey-ish. But I actually thought this was a good one. I'll eat shit on this one. I think in episode, I want to say around seven, eight or nine, they all kind of blend into me at this point. Um, We did a segment where we talked about what our thoughts were on the future of outdoor hockey games in the NHL. And I basically said, if it's not in a traditional market and it's not 30 or below, don't fucking do it. And I will fully say, after witnessing this game and seeing how cool the crowd was, and that the place whole was packed. Packed. Second yeah. most crowded game in NHL history at 86,000 people, I believe. Wow. Uh, that's obviously second to the 2014 Winter Classic that was played in Ann Arbor between the Wings and the Leafs. Never heard of it. That was the second coolest behind the first one, obviously. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> um, no, the Cotton Bowl did a great job. Uh, I thought Texas did an awesome job of kind of bringing their culture in. I thought it was super cool how the coaches <laughs> – we're wearing cowboy hats and the players walking in instead of wearing suits, we're wearing bolo ties and denim yeah, jackets. Yeah, that was awesome. I and I'm sure that was a lot of fun for them too. Yeah, it looked really cool. So I'll eat shit. Uh, I was wrong. This was cool. But next year it's going back to its roots in Minnesota. That's going to be awesome. That is going to be unreal. Yeah. So 2021, the Winter Classic was announced that it will be played at Target Field, I believe. I in, think so. In Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do not know who the opponent will be yet. But 
you can rest assured there's going to be probably a blizzard on that day. And it's going to be uh, awesome. for sure. It's I feel like they're not even going to like they're just going to run a garden hose overnight and then it'll freeze in 35 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it's not even an actual field. They right. just put it like a backyard. Right. That'd be pretty tight. No, but I'm really looking forward to that one. That one's going to be cool. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, Corey Perry was ejected after playing only 38 seconds of the Winter Classic, uh, which is I mean that's impressive. That's longer than you and I ever last. So. You know what um, else helps you last? <laughs> Rome. <laughs> no, I was ready for an ad read. It didn't work. Um, so he launched an elbow to the head of Ryan Ellis, who is now out indefinitely with a concussion. Um, and I don't know if you watched him get thrown out of the game, but because Hilarious. the Cotton Bowl is so big, the walk to the locker room took him about five minutes. <laughs> the biggest walk of shame in sports history. Biggest walk of shame ever. So, like, and he's in skates too. Yeah. So you know, it's not like he's you know hauling ass down this like. He know, literally walked a quarter mile. And was just solo by himself walking in the yeah. locker room, and there was just thousands of people booing him. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. So uh, funny. So that was, you know, funny to see. Obviously, I hope Ellis is okay. Has there been a suspension dealt? Actually, there has been. Right before we started recording this, oh, they yeah. announced that he has a five-game suspension wow. for this. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a repeat offender history definitely factored into that. But yeah. I think that's adequate. I mean... I would have said three... Yeah. Bissonette on Chicklets made yeah. a good point. This game was on national broadcast spotlight, yep. and I yeah. really think he was right on that. I think that this is some. This was a game where people were going to start to get drawn towards hockey, and when they saw that, these guys probably laid the hammer because people were probably actually caring and checking about yep. this. So that's something to think about. Also, <laughs> some pretty awful news about the Winter Classic that I was really saddened by. Uh they had the lowest TV ratings of any Winter Classic in NHL what? history. Yeah, that's did you hear too about bad. that? I feel like that's like so, and it wasn't even close. So the lowest previously was 2018 when the Rangers played the Sabers. The viewership was at 2.2 million. This one was at 1.9. Do you think that's just because people saw like, oh, Nashville and Dallas? This one's gonna suck. Well, I saw some comments on the article that I read about this where. The NHL does an absolutely horrible job of planning this on the same day as bowl games. Yes. And I hate to break it to you guys because we're all hockey fans here, but we're never going to compete with college football. It's just not going to happen. Especially not in bowl season. No. And no. I think Oregon well, – might... Oregon and Wisconsin and blew... Michigan, Alabama were on at the same exact time, I You think. know what those ratings were? I don't even want to Upwards know. of 12 million. Yeah, not surprised. So, I mean, that's where you're com- that's who you're competing with and you have to do a better job of scheduling this because if you don't, you're going to get dicked over like this every yeah. time. And it's just it's it's unfortunate because here we are playing a great game outside into untraditional markets trying to attract unconditional fans who are south of the Mason-Dixon line that have no fucking clue what hockey is. This is your chance to get them, and what do you do? You schedule it with part of the Old Testament in their Bible, college football. So Seriously, what are you gonna? Yeah. How are you gonna compete with that? You yeah. can't. I, so. The fan turnout there was great, but I completely agree that you know just that's not a great business model. So I'm shocked no. that they continue to do that. I mean, I'm shocked, and I'm also not surprised. Good job, Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> so with the new year and the decade of the 2010s coming to an end, uh, this is the last time or the last decade that ever saw the Atlanta Thrashers hockey team play in the NHL. Hmm. Sad. So it is sad. Uh, Atlanta is the only city to have and lose two different NHL franchises, for those of you that don't know, before the Calgary Flames were the Calgary Flames. They were the Atlanta Flames. Um, mm-hmm. 
legendary USA goaltender Jim Craig played for the Atlanta Flames for a while. Fun fact. Uh, and then, of course, the Thrashers ended up becoming the second incarnation of the Winnipeg Jets. Most of us remember the Thrashers as a joke of a franchise with terrible attendance, but I, pr- I came up with a list of some prominent names that suited up for this Atlanta team that might make you think otherwise. He's a blast from the past. Max Afinaganov, Nick Antropov, Colby Armstrong, Peter Bondra, Dustin Bufflin, who's you know technically still with the Jets, but not really, Chris Chelios, Hockey Hall of Famer, Pascal Dupuis, who I know you like him. I can't stand Let's him. Let's go. Uh, Ray Ferraro, Danny Heatley, Marion Hosa, Evander Kane, obviously with the Sharks, Kovalchuk, as I'm sure you're all familiar, Slava Kozlov, Mark Recchi, Todd Reardon, head coach of your Washington Capitals, mm-hmm. Mark Savard, Keith Kachuk, and Blake Wheeler. That is an unreal list. Seriously, just such, you know, there's so much firepower in there. But. So at one point in time, <clears throat> they had Hosa. They had Heatley. Yes. And they had Kovalchuk. Yes. I mean, that was a powerhouse. Right. Uh, it, and then, you know, um, was it the net, was it one year in Ottawa where that big line – oh, no, it was it was Spezza, Alfredson, and Healy. I was yes. Say, was Hosa on that team? Because I know Hosa was on Ottawa for a little bit there. I don't think he was. I don't think he was yeah. on that cup run. He was early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an unreal list. It's unfortunate that the organization was handled as poorly as it was. Yeah. And, you know. You can um, – if you don't follow the Instagram page, Hockey Bukaki, one, you should for the name of alone, and two, they come out with great, you know – random historical facts they had a great post about how this team essentially had to move partially because of poor attendance and then but more because of like some bullshit with like tv rights where they either weren't getting enough coverage or i don't know it has to do with money and business and numbers and shit and i got bored of reading it so (laughs) Um, can you spell hockey bukkake uh also that sounds like a porno category exactly i think (laughs) think that might be because it is (laughs) Um, it's hockey and then Bukaki, however the hell you spell that. Um, don't look on Pornhub. Don't, up. yeah, don't go Google searching <laughs> that. Just make sure you type that into Instagram and make sure you put the hockey first or else you're going to have an unpleasant surprise. <laughs> um, so moving on from the porn talk, uh, some numbers going into the year 2020. Your division leaders right now are the Caps in the Metro, the Bruins in the Atlantic, the Blues in the Central, and the Golden Knights in the Pacific. Hey, so our preseason prediction is actually looking pretty good. We both said the Knights were going to be a lock for the yes. Pacific, and they've de- oddly enough, since I was in Vegas, they turned it on. There you go. That's literally they were on a they were on a two game skid when I walked in. Walked in, they, Pacioretty looks like Wayne Gretzky in the last he three does, weeks. He yeah. is playing lights out right now. He is. I think he. Uh, you might see him go on an absolute goal scoring tear in the next couple weeks. Uh, some more numbers for you. The best home record is the Boston Bruins at 14-1-9. The best road record is the Washington Capitals at 16-5-1. A little trophy tracker for you. I have three that I've written down that I'm, like, at this point, 98% sure you're going to win this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Norris, John Carlson. Yeah, I'd uh, say that's probably if safe. If he continues at the season that he's Even having. if he doesn't, I yeah. think it's safe. <laughs> uh, the Calder, uh, Kale McCarr, you're Assuming welcome. Assuming he stays healthy, yeah. yeah. You're welcome, everyone who took my advice. Um, and then for Hart, I'm going to say Nathan McKinnon. And I really hope they give it to him because I think as of right now, he deserves it. You know, I was thinking to myself two nights ago in the basement, I was betting what else is new. Uh, <laughs> he might 
officially, in my mind, be the best player in the NHL above McDavid and Crosby. I think there's a legitimate argument you could make for it. Points aren't everything, people. Just remember that because guess what? The Oilers are once again back in Oiler fashion and look like absolute <laughs> dog shit. Yes, they and we'll are, get to that. <laughs> they're actually not in a playoff spot right now. Yeah. Nick and I were saying for what? Two, we For a three-week span, we did a little segment where we said, who's going to tank first, Buffalo or the Oilers? Yep. And we kept saying but yeah. the Oilers. Granted, Buffalo did take first, but sure as shit, so yeah. did the Oilers. So. I mean, we said for such a long time, we were like, this looks great now, but... but yeah. yep. <laughs> no, I mean, there is a really good case that you can make that Nathan McKinnon is indeed the best hockey player in the world. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think that's right now in the NHL, top three for sure. Oh, top yeah. two. Yeah. Top two, for you sure. can argue. I mean, that's probably McDavid McKinnon, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Crosby. At this point, I agree. I mean, granted, my boy has been suffering from injury problems this yeah. season, but had he stayed healthy, I would probably still have him in the conversation. Yeah. But he will be back in two weeks, and that will help because Nick is about to dive into the injury bug right now. Actually, time out before you hop into that. I have another little stat here that I want to read. Uh, I get a kick out of people who do calendar year stats. Yes. So here's a little fun fact for you. Who do you think in the NHL, which goalie had the most wins in the 2019 calendar year. Bennington. Did you see my screenshot? No. Okay. But they went on that tear from the end of last year. You could probably get second place too. Holtz. Actually, surprisingly, he's not in the top five, hmm. which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, no. So Bennington is one with 43 wins. Vasilevsky is two with 41 wins. Hmm. Darcy Kemper is, is three? three with wow. 37 wins. Carrie- How is Vasilevsky two? Well, I guess because they won Calendar so many years. damn games last year and then yeah. choked in the playoffs. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Carey Price is number four at 36 wins, and tied with him is Freddie Anderson. Freddie. So, yeah. I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting. I honestly thought up until probably November, the end of November this year, that Biddington was a good goalie, but not as good as his record was showing. Well, he shut me the fuck up, so yeah. here we are. Uh, so, injury bug. Uh uh Harrison how you doing um you okay yeah Yeah. this one's gonna hurt Jake Gensel is out for the remainder of the regular season following shoulder surgery this came at probably the worst possible time for you guys but um it's almost as if you know our team could have something good happen to them in the next week that would make me feel somewhat better about this Something along the lines of maybe having the best player of the last decade come oh back to the God. lineup. Oh, wait. That's right. He is. So my question is, what is going on in the Penguins locker room? Are they playing like dodge the wrench with each other or something? And just like, you know. Uh, hey, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. But what I do know is shout out to Gens. For those of you who didn't see, he got railed into the wall after scoring a goal that would eventually be the game winner in this game that they played. It's unfortunate. I would rather have lost the game than lost Gensel. This one actually hurts more than anything because, you know, when Sid goes down, we know Gino can step up. When Gino goes down, we know Sid can step up. We don't have a He's winger. He's become such a unique role player for you guys. Jake Gensel is top 15 in the league in scoring. Yeah. He has more points than a couple of these names that you might have heard of at one point in time. Claude Giroux, mm-hmm. Jacob Voracek, Jeff Skinner, who granted has been hurt, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else do I have? Uh, those are the only three that I wrote down, but there's some like recognizable names. Yeah. He has, yeah, he has, he's tied with, he was tied with Ovechkin as of 
two days ago from the screenshot that I have here on my laptop. So Gens has been unreal. Uh, he's been he's going to be irreplaceable. This might be the dagger that's actually going to get us a first-round exit because, honestly, the Penguins, as of late, have looked like they are going to absolutely whip their cock out in this playoffs. But well, so for him, I saw I it was he's missing the remainder of the regular season. Are they saying now playoffs too, or are they just – So it's a four- to six-month diagnosis okay. depending how yeah. the recovery comes. So yeah. if you want to say four, he'll be back for playoffs. If you, you want to stay six, six, he'll be back for the Stanley Cup final. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What, you, you were looking at me yeah. as if I was going to stay out for the year. You're planning on it? <laughs> no, I mean – <laughs> you know, if we keep it up, fuck off. Um, so moving on. Got like the you hottest goalie in hockey. Oh, my God. Jeff Skinner, out three weeks, upper body, has been Buffalo's in big trouble because Victor Olofsson is also out five to six weeks with a lower body. Did so. I call the disaster season by Skinner or what? Yeah. Uh, he wasn't was even fluke. playing that good. It was yeah. a fluke. I'd say it's a fluke. Granted, um, this injury has nothing to do with his production, but this is just salt in the wound. Yeah. In my notes for injuries, I have, and I quote, everyone on Columbus is hurt <laughs> because that is the truth. Uh, this was a while ago, but pretty much Columbus's injuries over the last month have involved Atkinson, Anderson, Bemstrom, Bjorkstrand, Dubinsky, Milano, Murray, Nunavara, Peak, Harrington, and Corpusalo. Say that one more time. No, I don't Fuck want to. It. <laughs> it's a lot of names, and unfortunately for them, that's a lot of big names. I think when they're looking at their roster, they're like, okay, is Seth Jones good? We're fine. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how it goes going forward. Yeah. Uh, Tori Krug was placed on IR by the Bruins upper body. Uh, Adam Pellick is out for the remainder of the season for the Islanders with a severed Achilles tendon. Oh my God. Apparently this injury occurred during a warm up game of two touch, which for those of you that aren't familiar is kicking the soccer ball around like most players do before a game. Oh, it's not where you whack your PP two times with each other. No, that's what you uh, do before you go to bed. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And the last thing I have for injuries is Ilya Mikheyev uh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs is out three months with severed arteries in his te- uh, and tendons in his wrist after he was cut by a skate. Some brutal injuries listed Seriously. on Seriously. And then we did have a trade, or a couple trades, actually. It's like four teams like swapping the same draft pick like a couple times, so this might get confusing. Uh, but the Ottawa Senators got defenseman Mike Riley from Mon- from Montreal. Montreal got Andrew Sturtz from Ottawa, as well as a 2021 fifth-round pick from Ottawa, and Marco Scandella from the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo gets a 2020 fourth-round pick from Montreal and Michael Froelich from Calgary, and then the Flames get that 2020 fourth-round pick that Buffalo got from Montreal. You good? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Figured we'd still update you guys, though, just to keep you in the loop. Yeah. So uh, nothing too high profile there. I mean, I think you could say the biggest name there would probably be Scandella. Yeah, he's coming home. Yeah, exactly. So, good for him. Uh, let's get to the state of the unions. Would you like to lead off with your Washington Capitals? Yeah, and I think that's the perfect name for them as of lately. They have not looked very good. And as of today, they are tied with the Boston Bruins, still with 59 points atop the league. They've lost their last three out of four. Two of those games were complete disasters. Tough one in Carolina tonight as we're recording on Friday, January 3rd. Second road game in Carolina in about a week. Yep. Again, don't understand how this schedule was put together. It was like someone got drunk, sneezed, and went, okay, that looks good. <laughs> um, Gudis and Kempney have been battling illnesses. Wilson was uh, in and out. Uh, the Gudis and Kempney thing, I don't think people understand how much that affects the back end. Um, 
the breakout passes and zone entries were terrible over the last, I would say, four or five games. They need dramatic improvement. Uh, and the Caps need to stay out of the box. As of recently, they're the most penalized team in the NHL. I think the thing that solidified that for me was, well, one, watching them all year, and then two, they did have a great home win against Tampa, but they took seven penalties in the game. Fortunately, they killed them all off, but I mean, you know, you decrease your percentage of winning a game every time you take a penalty by 3%. And I mean, like, seven penalties in a game. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, some bright spots as of late. Uh, Richard Ponick has actually been contributing some scoring. That's nice. Carl Hagelin got his first goal uh, of the season. That was great. Um, and then uh, I think my favorite Caps player to watch, not named Oshi Ovechkin or Carlson or Backstrom as of lately, has been Nick Jensen. Uh, Caps fans, I don't know if you guys pay attention to this guy, but watch his first pass out of the zone. Uh, watch his zone entries, watch his skating. I mean, he is a phenomenal skater. He's a good player. He's your um, Matt Niskanen replacement, right? Yes, exactly. They got him from Detroit uh, in a trade and then immediately locked him up for four more years. I'm really glad they did that. So uh, definitely a guy that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention, flies under the radar, but I uh, just wanted to point that out. Nice. Sorry, you worried? Uh, no. Still first in the league, so I feel Not like worried. I can't really ask uh, it. Some upcoming uh, – tough one tonight against Carolina, Sunday – at home against San Jose, Tuesday against Ottawa at home, and then Wednesday on the road in Philly. So, you know, the Carolina one is tough. I look at the other three as, all right, here's some chance to get some points back. Yep, I agree. Uh, As far as my Penguins, as I know most of our listeners just absolutely love and adore, uh, we have points in 10 of our last 12 contests. Tristan Jari, if for those of you who don't know, was our backup AHL goalie last season, has come onto the scene and looks absolutely incredible. I would say it's pretty much definite that he is the number one goalie for the Penguins going forward for the rest of the season. He was named the second star of the month in the NHL uh, in the month of December. He has the best goals against average and save percentage in the NHL with a minimum of 15 games played. Granted, he does not have as many games played as most goalies who are competing for the Vesna Trophy. However, I would say if he keeps up at this rate, there is absolutely no reason that he's not going to win this. Um, Yeah, I think he's been on an absolute tear. If he keeps it up. Yeah, I just I feel like when we get into NHL awards, it gets so political. It does. And here's what I'll say. A lot of people were saying last year Bennington deserved votes for Vesna. Obviously, he didn't win it. And Probably neither Nick or I thought he deserved it just because... I don't think he deserved Vesna. He came, he came in around January 15th-ish is when he turned it around. Yeah. Uh, Jari's been doing this for over a month now. He basically started in November. He'll probably get, eclipse the 35 games played mark if he keeps this up. In my opinion... Actually, he might even eclipse 40. In my opinion, that's good enough and enough of a sample size for someone to actually win the Vesna. I agree. So my question for you when it comes to goaltending with the Penguins is, this is a Matt Murray contract year, is it not? It is. Are you letting him walk? Um, I don't know, man. I was talking to my dad about this. I mean, we got a great backup in Casey DeSmith. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, he's, he was going to be Jari this year, except yeah. contract negotiations and money and Would you, cap. like, say, all right, next year I want to go Jari 1, DeSmith 2? You know? uh, I honestly am not opposed to it at this point in time. I think Matty has done a great job for us in his tenure here, but if he walked, given how he's played the last three years, I wouldn't be the most upset. Okay. 
Um, however, I am going to rename this team called Malkin and the Misfits. That's basically what they are right now. Kenny Malkin Pretty much. is on an absolute rampage since Sidney Crosby has been out. He's tallied nine goals and 23 assists since Sid has been out. The team has gone a record of 15-5-4. and four. Uh, They are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They currently sit second in the Metropolitan standings with the Islanders just a little bit behind them by a couple points, but also have a couple games in hand. You know, we get Sid back in two weeks. Uh, the schedule, however, upcoming is a little rough. Uh, we got Montreal and Florida, which, you know, are both winnable games. But then after that, we have a six-game span that is actually a seven-game span that's really going to worry me. We do a West Coast trip in Vegas, Colorado, and Phoenix. Tough. So that's three very tough games. Yeah, and then we come home to the Wild, who have been beating everybody that is favored to beat them lately, it seems like. And then after that, we have three games in five nights, two of which are against the Bruins. So wow. the next seven involve five games that are against literal Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah, I would say so. So... You know, that's going to be tough. That'll really tell what we're made of. I There is no timetable on Sid exactly just yet, but he is back in practice and skating, so I'm hoping that he can come back in time for all of that. Okay. Yeah, that's you, all I really got. All right, let's move on to who's hot and who's not. Um, we touched on this earlier. The Leafs are hot. Yes. They're red hot. Um, they're 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. Yeah. Um, not much to say other than you get rid of Babcock, you bring in Sheldon Keefe, and clearly... Now you're swinging your big cock. Seriously, nice. <laughs> um, the Vancouver Canucks have won their last six. They look really good. Tampa Bay is starting to put something together, um, yeah. which is it should be terrifying for everyone if I, that train I was, gets rolling. I was going to text you the other day and be like, when is Tampa going to flip the switch? Because yeah. I said they were going to cakewalk the start. Yeah. I said they might cakewalk the whole season. Yeah. But... Now I think we might be starting to see the wrath. If they put it together. We haven't talked about Tampa once no, this year. And that's what worries me. If they put it together now and just start rolling, I think they can still come back and win the Atlantic. This is like kind of when nobody was thinking about the Caps the year they won. Yeah. No one's thinking about the lighting. Yeah. All the preseason hype in the world in Boston and Toronto. And now Colorado. And Colorado have all stolen the spot. Yeah. Dealing? Stolen. Stolen. Uh, whatever. Stolen, yeah. Um, they've stolen the spotlight, and I think I think Tampa is very primed to come out of this slump and just be like, here we go. Yep. That's it. I completely agree. I do think the loss of JT Miller is hurting them more than they expected, but that being said, I think this is one of those teams where on paper – Yeah, they're I just mean, stacked. Exactly. Um, Penguin, that's, Penguins on there too, right? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> so moving on to who's not. The Caps are on there, right? Uh, I was honestly close to putting them on who's not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it one. Um, <laughs> Makes me feel good. Montreal has lost their last four. Price has allowed 15 goals in three games. He sucks right now. Yeah, that's rough. Um, I'm sorry. I know everyone <laughs> thinks he's one of the best goalies in the world, but let's be real. You know who is hot on Montreal? Who? Shea Weber. Yeah. He looks really good. Yeah. And PK is all over the – PK Subban, that is, is – emotionally a drama queen right now. So, okay, that's funny you bring that up. Trade rumors. I think we will remember in, you know, 20 years from now, I think we're going to remember PK Subban as a broadcaster more than a hockey player. 100%. Yeah. He's played horrible this year. I thought He's, about this the other he day. He went 24 games without a point. Yeah. 24 games. Yeah. PK Subban without yes. a point. Yeah. 
And I have the legitimate like question can be asked, is this, you know, I mean, I know he just got engaged and, you know, he's been, you know, now he's obviously engaged to Lindsay Vaughn and all that, but nice. is his, yeah, nice. Is his, um, you know, off ice, you know, social media presence. Cause he's a big personality. I followed him because yeah. he's so annoying. Yeah. He's a big personality. Is that affecting him? I think that's, we're at the point now where we can actually ask that question. And given that hockey culture is very standard answer, not very loud. Yeah. I would say it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's just going to end up being evaporated out of the league for lack of a better term. Yeah. He's got such a good personality that obviously this guy is like a shoe in to get a broadcasting job somewhere when he's done playing, mm. whenever that may be. But I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, this just strikes me as something that, um, you know, this is a player who in 20 years, I'm going to say like, yeah, like, you know, oh, PK Subban, he's that guy that, you know, calls hockey on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Anyone else you on there who's not? Um, another team that he played for, the Predators suck. Um, Horrible. They lost their last that. three, blew a 2-0 lead in the Winter Classic. And then my last one is Edmonton has cooled off a lot. And I put a lot in caps for a reason. Uh, the points are close, but the former Pacific Division leaders have dropped to fourth in the division, right on the line for the second wild card spot in the West. They have lost eight of ten, and Drysaddle is a minus eighteen over that stretch. Yeah, he basically admitted he's been playing like dog shit. Yeah. And when you check the NHL points race, it feels like McDavid and Drysaddle were literally racking up ten points a week. They were one two, and yeah. at this point, they've kind of cooled off. Yes. It's weird to say. And we said this when we talked about them. We said, this is great. It's the McDavid and Dreisaitl show. But when this stops, the team's fucked. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And that's pretty much what's happened here. Yeah. Um, so we'll save the World Junior recap for after the interview. Sure. Um, two more things before we toss it over to Dan Flock. Uh, the NHL Players of the Month for the month of December. The first star was Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers. Uh, number two was Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And number three was the bread man, Artemi Panarin, as a New York Ranger. Nice. I have one other thing on here because I was seeing this a lot on Twitter the other day, and this is the last thing we'll talk about before we toss it over to Dan. Who is the better player right now? Who would you rather have on your team? Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel? Oh, Jack Eichel is having a, he. This that's is so hard. So in the year 2015, uh, he was drafted, and now in tw- everything he was hyped up to be, he was the BU guy who was going to change the face of what college hockey players are perceived as. He's going to, you know, make Edmonton not really think too much about them getting McDavid over him and how he's going to prove that he could compete. And so far. Nobody can compete with McDavid, it feels like, except maybe McKinnon and Crosby. But yeah. in the year 2020, he's had his chance to grow. He's finally hitting his stride. This is the year that I think Jack Eichel has really turned it on, and he's not going to turn it off until he's done in the NHL. That's I, so hard to pick between the two of them. Um, I will say I think this is the year that Jack Eichel is, like, for sure solidified in the top ten. Yes. Um, arguably top six not yet um I he's think, top 10 in the league right yeah, now i think if he finishes the season where he's at yeah i would put him at number six he's on pace for 100 points it's i mean he is having a monster year so here's what i'll say i feel like jack eichel given he doesn't have as much of a sample size in the scenario i'm about to paint out for you guys i feel like i see him enough in close games overtime games and just 
kind of his passion in general. He doesn't fizz out in big moments. He's the guy that you yes. want. Whereas, and he plays hard night in and night out. Matthews is more talented than him. I would say so. But he seems to fade in and out sometimes. Yeah. That's kind of been the Toronto harp on him. Is, yes. Hey, you got all the talent in the world. You're built like a truck. Yeah. You're strong as shit. Show me. But why do you phase out of games? Yeah. It's like that Phil Kessel effect where he can take over any game, but he kind of fizzes out at times. Yeah. And I kind of sense a little bit more of that from Matthews than I do with Eichel. I think, you know, it's funny. We're kind of flipping the scripts on them because in the past, I think when the, the season, way when the season started, we said, you know, Eichel has to work on his 200-foot game. He's still trying to do what he would do in college, you know, scoop the puck behind the net coast to coast through five guys' legs in, out, done. Now we're kind of seeing him evolve. Evolve. Um, he's turned into, you know, I would say at this point, a complete 200-foot player. Uh, the offense he's producing for this team is electric. Also, not to mention, he yeah. does not have half the team that Matthews has. No, not at all. Um, he's essentially, I mean, him and Olofsson have been carrying that team all season, and now Olofsson's hurt. So, yeah. Jack for MVP, if yeah. they make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think so. I don't think That's they'll make the playoffs. but No, they won't. Um, just something fun that I thought would yeah. be brought up. I mean, granted, Matthews is still top 10 in the league in scoring, so, yeah. I mean, whatever. He's also got one more goal than Eichel does as of yes. right now. But Eichel does have more points. Yes. So, not saying Matthews isn't having a good year. He is. I just thought that'd be a little fun segment. No, I agree. I'd um, actually be curious if we threw that up on a vote on the Instagram, what would happen. It's a good one. We should do that. I bet you Matthews would win. I think Matthews would win. But but I'm voting Jack. I don't know. It's hard. It's like picking, like, I don't know. McDavid and McKinnon. Exactly. Kind of, it's yeah. just, I mean, they are both so talented. It's so hard to pick. So, something for you guys to look forward to after the interview. We will come at you with our gambling picks for the week. First liner versus fourth liner. And also Nick's recap of the World Juniors and the United States. Awful showing. Uh, But I think it is about time to toss it off to second lieutenant and former Calvert Hall captain, Dan Flock. Enjoy. And it is now our pleasure to welcome on to the Empty Better Cup podcast, Second Lieutenant Dan Flock. Dan, thanks for sitting down with us today. Hey, it's awesome to be here with you guys. So for all those who are wondering, Dan is my old captain, actually, back at uh, Calvert Hall. We had a couple guests on uh, from that team already between Dieter, Costa, Timmy, and Matt. So uh, Dan knows all those guys pretty well. So as we go in through the interview, you'll probably hear some stories uh, that you've heard just from a different perspective. Uh, but, you know, we just want to start, Dan, with where you grew up, how you got into hockey. Do you want to touch on those things? Yep, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, listen to the podcast the past few days, you know, don't want to, you know, retell any stories. So I was making sure, you know, to kind of tally the ones up that uh, that I've heard already. Um, there, there's still a few that I want to touch base on, but I guess, you know, taking it back to the beginning. Um, I started playing, uh, or actually I started skating uh, before I could ride a bike and probably just as I was like learning how to walk. So, wow. you know, Jeez. it was like, you know, probably two, three years old. I already had my first pair of skates strapping on, going out and doing the step, step glide out there with, uh, with Miss, uh, Miss Kathy. Uh, she was actually my neighbor and then was a, uh, ice skate teacher, uh, at the gardens ice house. So it's, it's kind of cool to yeah. be able to have that, you know, experience, you know, growing up in that, that neighborhood environment and then going to the rink and like she was there and shit. So absolutely. So that was, uh, that was really cool. And then, um, I started playing hockey, uh, you know, like on my back deck, we had this like, uh, it was just like a big deck and I would like clear all like the deck furniture out of the way 
and it had like one of those like little tykes, like big puck things yep. that like doesn't get oh, caught yeah. between the yep. cracks. And then there's like plastic sticks, and I would just be slapping around there all day. Um, and there's actually it's it's funny. Like I would like go up to my grandparents and stuff, and like they they're always like, yeah, you'd be out in the driveway like all day long. Like you'd have like your trucks like in the dirt, like playing in like the garden. And then, like the next minute, you'd be like announcing that you just won the Stanley Cup, like you know, <laughs> playing around in the driveway. So, uh, just like cool stories like that growing up, like having that, uh, you know, I guess experience. Um, you know, obviously heavily supported by my parents throughout my entire career, but you know, just having that guidance just from such a young age, yeah. Um, you know, it was really really cool. Absolutely, it's, co- it's cool you say that because I feel like you know it's so different for us you know, being from this area, you know, you feel like you hear, you know, like the NHL network spotlights, you know, all these Canadian and, you know, Swedish and Russian guys are like, I grew up on the pond. Like even guys in like, you know, Buffalo, Boston, Minnesota, they grew up on the pond. Whereas for us, it was driveway on the deck, you know, on rollerblades. The Milek twigs with the the holes in them. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So at what age did you start to play like formalized hockey and where did you play? You want to walk us through that? Yep. So, um, I think it was honestly like Miss Kathy, uh, who is my first like skating teacher, like introduced me to Nelson, uh, who you know who uh, ran Nelson Hockey. So I was a, I was a Maple Leaf to start it out. Nice. Still have my first jersey, um, and that was like below my knees when I first got <laughs> it. And now it's just like you know probably couldn't even wear as a t-shirt. Little crop or top action going on. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be really really. Hot. Was it Metro Maple Leafs? Metro yeah. Maple Leafs. Yeah. So played Adams with them. Um, and that was, like, before, like, all this bullshit where it's just, like, cross-ice hockey now where they block it off. It's, like, <laughs> yep. it's full rink hockey, yeah. like, you know, so it was it was cool. Um, and it was weird because when I was playing Adams, we, you know, that was, I heard on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago talking about the use of, like, blue pucks, like, for the, yeah. for the young guys. Yeah. And that was before, I think, blue pucks were even around. And then it was weird because, like, my first, like, year or two of Adams, it was, like, we used black pucks. But then when I got to mites, we started using blue pucks. Hmm. See, I, I yeah. remember how furious I got about yeah. that. I was like, why do they do, why do, they do that? Because the, the blue ones are, like, the four-ounce ones, right? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. stupid. But I just feel like it doesn't help. Anyways, sorry. Uh, got you off topic. You can keep going. No, yeah. Um, so that was just kind of weird, you know, just, like, introduced, like, using a black puck and then going into using a blue puck. Um, anyways, yeah. So growing up. Played Metro Maple Leafs, uh, you know, for my first few years. I don't know exactly how many. But I remember, like, the transition from, you know, the Maple Leafs to, like, Tri-City. I think I, tri- I transferred over, like, at Squirts. Mm-hmm. And the, the Tri-City teams were, like, really, really good. Yeah, you I know, know I when, remember. When we were younger. And it was, like, a big deal to be, like, you know, playing for Tri-City. So, tried out. And I think I made – I think I made the A team. There was, like, a double A team. Oh, like, it was kind of, like – the A guys were, like, all the first years, and the double A guys were, like, all the second years. That's just kind of the way it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think of who my first coach was. It might have been Sean Sherman. Uh, I think that's that's who it was on, okay. on Tri-City. But I remember, like, my dad was the manager of that first team at Tri-City, and, like, the way that Tri-City worked was you had, like, um, I guess, you know, allotted gear for each team. So you had, like, helmets. You had, like, shells, yeah. jerseys. And I remember, like, being in the garage, and it was cold as shit, like, in December. And we were getting ready for the season or something. Maybe, maybe it was early in that. I remember it was really cold, though. You know, like those, like, big propane, like, heaters that you can, like, put in yep. your garage. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we had one of those going, so it was, like, deafening. <laughs> and we're just, like, laying out all this, like, gear for everyone, like, the right sizes and, and shit. So it was, like, that was a pretty cool experience. It's old school. Yep, definitely. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did you always stay with Tri-City or did you end up moving at some point in your career? Yep, so I, I always played for Tri-City. Um I played squirt through 
Bantam, I believe. Didn't okay. get to didn't play midgets. That was like when I was at Coward Hall and that was like the turning point. Like Coward Hall is like a forty five minute drive from my house in Ellicott City. So Yeah. Making that drive and then like having to come back and then reset and then go to Laurel, it was just like too much. No, I I understand. Well and also we'll touch on this later, but um you were also a really good lacrosse player, so I'm sure, you know, at some point during your high school years you had to kinda I don't want to say pick one, but take one more serious than the other. Yeah, it was just more. It wasn't necessarily picking one over the other because I really enjoyed being a two-sport athlete. It was just more so, uh, you know, allocating that time that was necessary to pursue that collegiate lacrosse career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. It was just more so like, yeah, like you know, hockey, lacrosse. I loved hockey way more than lacrosse, but. You know, Maryland being a hotbed for lacrosse is just so much easier to pursue that than hockey. Yeah, definitely. And he's a he's a goalie. Oh, okay, wow. Too. Yeah, so I know yeah. you guys talk about superstition, so I guess yeah. we can touch on a little <laughs> yeah, bit of that later on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get yeah. there. I played uh, I played midi and attack for you know three years in middle school, and I think I don't know if you felt this. It was so easy for me to do you know the transition from hockey to lacrosse with you know just the hand eye just came so naturally. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like I was a defenseman in hockey. And then going lacrosse doesn't like really correlate, but at the same time, it's like the same mindset, yes. like you know that that aggression, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then like yeah, like the stick skills, yeah, and the whole you know just putting your body in front of a very hard, very fast moving object. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know you go through Tri City, um, and you go up through Bantam, and then you get to Calvert Hall. I gotta ask you to touch on that because obviously, you know that was just one of the best experiences personally for me, uh, not only sports wise, but just life lesson wise just how everybody was so young we've said it time and time again and then we kind of got brought up all together and eventually became a really good team so do you want to touch on some of your memories there or how you got into it or how you even found Calvert Hall coming from Ellicott City yeah yeah that's actually where I was going to start was kind of where uh you know it all started but yeah you know kind of like everyone else in middle school you kind of uh, you know, lay out your options in terms of where you want to go to high school and you know I was disappointed to go to Howard High School in, in uh, Ellicott City so that was, you know, kind of like my number one. Um, or I'm sorry, it wasn't like my number one, but that was just kind of where I was kind of on the, the route to go to. Um, but growing up, you know, and I'm sure Jack and Mike will, can attest to this, but going to those like MAPHL state championship games is literally surreal when you're a little kid like that. Yeah. And like being on the glass and like just seeing, uh, it, it looks like you're watching an NHL game when, when you're at that age and, you know, how good those guys were and just the physicality and, and just what's on the line. I mean, like, the, you know, I think Bruce mentioned it in his episode, but, um, you know, the Patrick Grink isn't huge, but when you pack like two, oh, yeah. 3,000 people in there, that place loud. vibrates. Yeah. Oh, my it's gosh. Cool. It, it was the coolest experience. So to go from like that, like watching that as a kid and then actually being like captain of the team walking out of, you know, the locker room and then into that environment was just absolutely surreal. That's uh, super like the, cool. Like the, the hair on the back of my neck is like standing up like thinking about it. <laughs> so. so correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually did a semester at Howard first before you transferred, right? Yeah. So I guess, you know, taking it back a few steps before we get all the hype talk about Cower Hall <laughs> and all the, the reminiscing about that. Um, yeah. So I did a semester at Coward Hall and it was um, Christmas of after my first semester at Coward Hall my freshman year. And, you know, uh, when I was looking at like, uh, high schools in Baltimore, Coward Hall is my number one. Like, right. you know, great lacrosse, great hockey. Like, I just love, like, the camaraderie that, like, when I went in my shadow day, like, you know, TC, like, show me around, like, show me the ropes and everything. Like, obviously, he's, like, the really cool kid there. So, Tim, Tim Carson, out. future guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah shout I've out. Heard, I've heard that name once or twice. Yeah. Shout out to TC. Yeah, he's going to be a trip on here. Um, so, my first memory of meeting Dan, actually, this is kind of funny. So, I'm th- pretty sure – 
Uh, this is second semester of my freshman year. We're in Mr. Davis's English class, which was a fucking joke. <laughs> and we had two transfer kids. One was you, and one was Matt Commodore. And you both came in, and I and uh, I'm I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, Will Hershon was in our class, and he, and he and he was and he was like, oh yeah, that kid, he plays hockey, and yeah, I'm young, I'm young, and I'm like I you know I'm I'm on the JV team right now, and I'm like oh fuck, like, this kid's gonna like. Is he gonna like steal my spot? Here? Four, like, four, <laughs> but uh, eventually, you know, Dan and I became pretty close. But my first impression, I was just like, "Oh God, is he gonna like?" Blah, blah, blah. You know, you get you get those competitive exactly. juices flowing. I was getting a little spooked out, but um, yeah, I just remember, you know, everybody was saying, "Oh, this kid's the hockey player," and like blah blah blah. So it's kind of because you start playing mid season, I think. Right? Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I was going with it. So Christmas uh, after my you know uh, first semester at Howard. I remember like opening up a present and it was like Calvert Hall tie and I was just, I, I didn't really put two and two together. My parents were like, do you still want to go? And I was like, yeah. So, um, ended up, you know, showing up to Calvert Hall, uh, spring of, uh, 2015, I think it was. Um, and I remember my first memory of, and then not 20, not, not, 2011. Not, yeah. 2011. <laughs> good, good I was Lord. like, I was like, either I'm really dumb and I'm bad at math. Or nope. like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a bad one on me. No, you're good. Uh, so yeah, I, I still remember the day, like I showed up and, I think it was like a Saturday morning practice or something for Coward Hall. And, you know, Mike Shramick, like walked me in the locker room. And I still like remember, like, you know, the doors opening and everybody being like, oh, like, you know, super nice, like yeah. welcoming the team. And within like a week, you know, after practicing with them, we were playing, we were playing Landon on home ice. So, you know, it was crazy going from, yeah. you know, just, just that transition period and then like being, you know, a contributing member on the varsity hockey team at Coward Hall. It was, it was nuts. And I, I had a goal that game actually. Nice. Um, Not nice. a big deal. <laughs> not, not a big deal, but it it kind of was because I shot from the point, and it was like one of those ones where you fan, and it was like going like probably you know it was a horrible shot. It's a little change up action. I mean, just getting the puck, works. the puck towards the net, but it was like maybe a quarter speed shot, and it coasted like in between you know goalie's legs like five hole. And I remember like, all the guys coming up big, oh like welcome the team, dude, like welcome the team. So it was it was pretty That's cool. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So you know you get there and you're contributing after your first year. Do you want to touch on what the rest of the ride was like? Because that's really where I think the bulk of the the nostalgia kind of comes in is, you know, how we kind of just raised that program from what it was to, you know, what it all was when we graduated. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it was, you know, coming on a team like that freshman year, right? there wasn't like – uh, you know, a major culture change that had to happen. It was already like, you know, there and, and, and good, yeah. you know, there were some hockey legends there. You got like, you know, <laughs> Ryan Schroeder, Jack Bruss, Brett Gleish, like some serious hockey talent that was on that team. And, you know, I know you talked about Jack Bruss, but definitely one of the hardest shots yeah, uh, in high school hockey. Probably like, you know, did, could definitely compete with like a D1. Oh, you know, yeah. Wow. A D1 shot. I mean, that guy can rip it on the run. Um, So, yeah, transitioning from like freshman to sophomore, junior, senior year, you know, it was – I think I've always had kind of, uh, you know, that like leadership mindset, like the initiative thing going on. So it was kind of one of my dreams to be like a captain of Calvert Hockey. So, um, you know, anything I could, do, I think it was more so like my personality. Like, it's not like, oh, I need to be captain, like, you know, kiss coach's ass and shit like that. But it was just like, you wanted you took to, it, seriously. it was something you wanted. It, to do. I took it seriously, you know, doing like the extra reps and stuff. And I think, you know, earning, um, you know, that trust from my teammates was, uh, you know, it was kind of how it came to be, but, yeah, like a lot of talk like from in other podcasts about like the championship runs and you know, um, you know losing to Gonzaga in the states and stuff like that. But you, you know, it would have been awesome to have won one of those games, you know, against Gonzaga and in, in, <laughs> in the ship. Yeah. You know, that's always a heartbreaker at the end of the day when you can't walk away with with the cup after after those games. But 
Um, I think that you learn just so many lessons, like, you know, like I said, like being a little kid watching it and then going and playing in it and having all those emotions all game long. Um, my junior year when I was, that was the first year I was a captain. Um, I think we were down like three to one or something and something big had to happen. And I can't remember the, the guy's name. I think you know, it was Bobby Halley on Gonzaga. Yep. Yeah. Absolute, absolute name. stud, stud yeah, hockey player. Good. And I think mistake, I think that he was, um, a D1 lacrosse player as well. I think he might have went to Georgetown or something like that. Wow. So just just stud athlete. But anyways, I remember he you know he caught a break and it was like a 1v1 this. type thing. I haven't thought about this in years. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, and I remember it in slow motion. So he's coming down like the right side and he had a step on me. So I you know I transitioned from backwards to forwards, chasing down into our defensive zone. And he kind of has his head down, like leaning back in towards the goal. And, you know, it was probably three or four – feet of separation between him and myself and I was like I just got to get the boys going here just lay the shoulder and the picture actually ended up in the Washington Post it was yeah, nice. I remember that it was like you had the Instagram it was like hashtag body bag and I was like oh my god this is so cool it's a great shot we gotta flick that up yeah we definitely gotta flick that up so that was definitely uh the pinnacle of my sports career yeah <laughs> you well, just get him like going up in the air ass over tea kettle kind of thing yeah I mean it was just like you know his feet were where his head was in like oh, yeah. a, a couple yeah, seconds yard sale you can see the people like you know on the glass you know while the hit was happening just like just the big o face like holy Holy shit, what just happened? Would so. you say that's probably your favorite hockey memory? Yeah, you know, there's there's so many memories, but that one was just so cool because I can still like play it over and over my head. Uh, you know, even though we lost that game, uh, you know, that was really, really cool to be able oh, to yeah. have that memory. So that was definitely one of the cooler ones. Yeah. Nick, do you have a couple questions you want to touch on? So I know you touched on wanting, you know, you were always motivated to be in a leadership role. So how did that transition for you going into your military career? Yeah, so um, going to Calvert Hall, you know, went to went to Vermont and um, was, you know, immediately, <clears throat> you know, not a contributing member to that team, but, you know, same kind of mindset. I, just, I wanted a role on the team, wanted a role on the team and didn't really have the role that I wanted to. So after a few seasons there, decided to, transfer to Florida Tech um, and going down there, you know, I, I guess taking it back a step at Vermont where, you know, everything was gold-plated, just beautiful facilities, um, you know, gear, any, any kind of gear you wanted. For lacrosse, just keep it. Right. Yeah, 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 this is for lacrosse. I apologize. No, um, so, you know, just, just going from that, like a, a gold-plated program to Florida Tech where, you know, uh, I guess the best way to put it is we were we were rolling out the turf that we had to play on that season. Okay. So it was just cool to be to to kind of take it back a step and just go back to um just earning everything, I guess. And that's kind of the mentality I had like my entire career was just like earn it, earn it, earn it. Um so playing there, I, I was a role player right away. Um had a had an awesome career there, made, you know, a ton of good memories playing uh Florida Tech Lacrosse. Can't can't say enough good stuff about it. Um and then so I think it was Actually, in between my transfer years from Vermont to Florida Tech, where um, I decided to go to Marine Corps OCS, and I always like had a military mindset. You know, I was uh, I, I actually wanted to go the SEAL route. Um, I worked out with a former SEAL who runs a program called uh, Heroes of Tomorrow, Stu Smith. Shout out, Stu. He's he's the man. I remember hearing Stu left and right, you and Fritzy with all the chatter, be like Stu, Stu. Yeah, yeah, he, he's such a good dude, and what he does for the the community and uh, and the military is amazing. So he like really, um, I, I guess you know not not just Stu, but the guys I was working out with really groomed me into like kind of 
uh, you know, forming my decision that I wanted to go in the military as an officer. Um, so after deciding to not go the SEAL route, um, those, or I'm sorry, the Marine Corps doors just like opened up to me. And that was just kind of that earn it mentality too, <clears throat> where nothing's given to you. So I uh, went to Marine Corps OCS. That was six weeks of just, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Can't can't say enough good things about those nice people there. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're really nice to you, and the food's good, and yeah. you get plenty of sleep. So. I wish you guys could see his face right, right. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So reminiscing on those times, just like yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so did six weeks there, went back to school at Florida Tech, and then went back for another six weeks at OCS. That was just the way that the program worked. I did like two two sessions of it. Uh, then graduated this past May and commissioned as second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. That's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's been a, an exciting road so far. Um, and then, so I I had a few months of a gap. So the next like step was was the basic school. Um, that's where I am right now, and that's kind of where all the the new lieutenants like meet up and uh, kind of get on the same page. So just all the tactical type side of training. So, um, you know, the week before we went on Christmas break, so I think through the twentieth of December we were out in the field and you know, it's well like 60 degrees and sunny right now, but when, yeah. when you're in the field, it's, it's just always the worst weather. So it was like rain and snow and sleet and it was absolutely horrible. And you're out there for a week at a time. And, uh, when you're laying like down in your stomach, like in a security position and it's raining on you, there's literally no hope. Yep. And you know, it's <laughs> y- your dick is frozen to the ground yeah. pretty much is what I'm trying to say. So that's, that's a great time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, a great story and you know I just want to build off of that this is something that you know I hear a lot and I want to hear your perspective on it, especially in your role now where teamwork seems like it's such a huge part of your life is how did playing sports growing up teach you to be a good teammate because you hear it a lot from parents about how it's important to learn that skill whether you go into a corporate world or a military background or whatever you choose you just want to touch on how playing sports growing up kind of helped you to learn that aspect yeah, I think it's just, uh, at the end of the day, you know, sports are, um, you know, kind of a common ground for, for obviously a team. You know, if, you, if you're playing a team, it's always <clears throat> about the guy to your left and your right or the, or the female to, to your left or your right. And, you know, I think that how that groomed me for, you know, a career in the military um, was, you know, just simply, you know, earning it. I, I keep saying it, but earning it. So, you know, when it's game time, it's it's about everything that happens before then. So, all of the prep work, all the extra reps, all of the, uh, um, you know, the, the film and knowledge that you go over before you get to that point, that's, you know, kind of what, you know, bears your success, if you will, uh, in, in that game situation. So, and that's kind of like the military. It's like, you know, as an officer, it's, it's all about the prep work that you do to, you know, put your Marines in the most advantageous situation possible. So, um, whether that's, you know, planning a mission or, um, you know, putting them through some kind of really difficult physical training that they get some great satisfaction out of after. Um, it's just about, you know, bettering the people to your left and your right to make sure that uh, they're ready for, for the combat of life, if you will. No, oh, absolutely. It's a great way to put it. Yeah, very well said, actually. Um, I got to ask you, can you please talk about uh, you and Jack Finn's D partner nickname? Oh, man. All right. <laughs> One of my favorite memories. Yeah, so I, I'm currently uh, I'm currently seeing like Rums just like you know grinning at us getting off the ice. I mean, I you know Mike Shramick and Mike Rumsey were incredible coaches, and I, I loved playing for those guys. I really did. Um, definitely some of the best coaches I had. <clears throat> but you know, so so I was captain. You know, I was captain. And Jack was crunch, 
And, you know, I'm not going to steal any of Jack's thunder because he can attest to a lot of this when, when he gets interviewed here in a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it was just – I can't I can't even put it into words. I'm, I'm trying to, like, find a good memory to talk about. But, you know, the Captain Crunch lineup, it was just like, all right, Captain Crunch, you're up. You know, it was just you ever heard like, a better D-pair name? That is amazing. That's all time. That's <laughs> up there with, like, Bash Brothers from Mighty Ducks. Yeah, and this is a coach given. It's not like it was uh, a awesome. player given. So that's what makes it a little more special, yeah. in my opinion, is, you know, an assistant coach thought of that. That's, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, Crunch, you know, just the way that, that that goes, it was just like, you know, Jack just had the biggest mouth on him. And you know, yeah. some, some of the stuff that would come out of that dude's mouth. King just of like, chirps, yeah. King of chirps, king of the high hit. Loves the high hits. <laughs> yeah, he really <laughs> Loves does. coming in high, so. That's, that was the crunch. Um, I, I guess I'll actually talk about one story in the state championship. Absolutely. Um, and this is also probably one of my greatest hockey memories ever. We were down, I think, 3-1 to one senior year playing Gonzaga in the state finals. Yep. And, you know, we're on a power play and, you know, just banging the puck around the horn. And I get it. And I see an opening across the jack. And I can still see the pass just going across. It was a tape-to-tape, you know, just just great pass. It was, I think it was in the third period, so it was. it was fresh ice, and the puck just, you know, yeah. it just got there where it needed to go. And, you know, we worked on this thousands of times in practice uh, throughout the years. And, and not even in practice, but, like, and, and Jack and Mike will talk about this, but, like, growing up, like, we, we grew up across the street from each other, so playing, like, in the cul-de-sac, like, hours and hours and hours of hockey. Yeah. So having, you know, that preparation and then awesome. going and do it in front of a few thousand people, passing that puck to him, and then him just hammering it home. It was probably nice. one of the hardest one timers I've ever one seen. One timer from the point, yeah. Oh God. And it was it was the point. I mean, he was out he was out towards the blue line. Yeah. And he just smoked that thing like top shelf. It All was time awesome. Sally. All time Sally. <laughs> Full speed run to the wall, like oh eight OV style. Just like awesome. going through the glass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah went, went to give him a hug, it just skirts me and then just goes <laughs> straight for the boards. I was like, that's awesome. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Um, so I actually want to ask you a couple questions about who you uh, might have looked to when you were growing up. Who was your favorite hockey player growing up? Is there someone that you, you know, always thought that uh, you wanted to be like them? So um, I, I grew up as like a Penguins fan. My parents were from Pittsburgh, born and raised there. God so, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> God I, I know. Sit, sitting in Baltimore right now yeah. and I'm talking about the Penguins. Yeah. I, I know Harry here is a Penguins guy. So. Yeah, yeah. I can tolerate this. Yeah, well, well two v one right now. Right so. now, yeah. I think it's the first time like I've been in this situation. Normally, I'm it's, always getting dicked yeah, on exactly. this. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, oh, where was I going with this? Fair play. Yeah. So, um, so growing up, it was you know like Lemieux, Yager, like all the classic like Penguins guys, and you know crazy ass Yager still in the, still in the hits I know, today. Yeah, it, it's crazy. nuts. That's how old is he? Like forty two, something like that. God, he's, he's old. I think he's like forty six. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pushing it, but he's he's killing it out there. Um. But then uh, I had a good buddy, Derek Potter, who really liked the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's like that was like Le Cavalier, St. Louis. How can you not? Uh, Happy Bowen era. Right. It, was, it was like, you know, I think it was like 2006 when they won the Cup or something. Yeah. Um, so I really started to grow fond of Martin St. Louis. Nice. And it was just cool because I ended up going to Vermont. That's where that was, yep. his, that was his alma mater. I always mater. forget he went there. Yeah. Um, so it was just like really cool. I really like took a liking to St. Louis and he was just, you know, smallest guy. And I wasn't, I wasn't a big guy either. So, uh, just taking like his tenacity and being like, Oh, I just want to be like that guy. Yeah. So, so I actually wanted to touch on that. So, uh, for people that I've played with, I like to give them a player that mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, see played similar to. So like you said, you know, you were, you are strong and you were very strong on the puck all the time. If there was one thing I would say that stuck out you know, to me is that if Dan wanted to get the puck, if there was a battle in the corners, he was going to fucking get it. Yep. But he was also really good offensively too, like a 
complete two-way player, but he wasn't this six foot four mammoth like Bruce. You know, Bruce right. is like that's a big boy. As, yeah, yeah, he's as tall he as a, a house. Um, Blocks him in his slap shots. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, and I know you touched on this when we were playing together. You were a big Crystal Tank fan. Minus the amount of turnovers Crystal Tank has, he reminds me of, of a Crystal Tank. That's he funny. Was a lot smarter. On, on the way up here, I was thinking of that of of you know who uh, I, I would embody as like a you know defensive player, and it was just like Crystal Tank. Like he's like yeah. you know you know I, I don't see myself as a mistake free hockey player, but I try to like I guess aspire to that level. And he's just a smooth you know mistake free guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's defensively he was a lot more responsible than fucking Crystal Tank. Okay. Is, but. Uh, you know, if I had a Chris Latang, people don't realize how strong he is, and he's not the biggest yeah. dude. He's like he's six, not. He's no. like six foot, like yeah. one ninety or something. Yeah. So. Kind of a man rocket too. Oh, I mean, you look at that guy rolling into games. Handsome <laughs> bastard. Oh, yeah. Definitely keeps a spray bottle in his pockets to keep that hair moist oh, at yeah. all times. That's how the Frenchies are, man. Right. That's yeah. what you gotta do. You got a question for me? Um, so earlier you touched on you know being a goalie and having superstition. So I kind of wanted to dive into that now because that's always hysterical. So did you have any crazy ones or know anyone that was just like a complete? head case with that kind of stuff yeah absolutely and, th- and this is like definitely more the lacrosse side of the house because i you know going lacrosse yes, um definitely for hockey like no not really like i would just like you know headphones on like just get ready yep. for the game that was really it but for for lacrosse so i really i really like this guy um matt russell growing up he played at, at the naval academy and he was uh he's actually a seal now so really kind of liked his mentality with everything and he always wore sweatpants and he always rolled his sweatpants up and I remember watching him in the quarterfinals one year at the Naval Academy, and he broke his ankle at that game. Mm. So that following season, he was wearing, like, this big, like, ace bandage on his leg. I was like, shit, that's like, kind of cool. I want to be like that. <laughs> so I started wearing one high sock, like, on one of my legs and, like, you know, one short sock. I was like, that's kind of swaggy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I cut Gotta that. let them know you're there. Yeah, exactly. So I cut that shit out, like, when I got to, like, high school. But I was like, yeah, that was, like, a cool thing. But I, I was still a sweats guy. I was like, you know, sweats rolled up. It just looks swaggy. Yeah. So doing that in Vermont was okay, but going down florida where it's 110 degrees on the turf and you're you know sweating your ass off it's like well am i still gonna do this and i was like fuck yeah i am so i love it you know people thought it was crazy like dude it is 110 degrees out like why are you wearing sweats i just like because that's my thing right yeah i just wear sweats i love that i love those kind of stories exactly do you so i want to ask you a question um about the difference between hockey and lacrosse culture because i think there's a lot of parallels between the two some are funny some get bad reps but you know what would you say after playing both sports is the biggest difference between the cultures of the two sports i know i'm throwing that at you Ooh, without man, that's a tough rep. one yeah and I, I i don't know um you know i think that the the camaraderie between the team is is all very parallel it's yes. all uh you know it kind of uh complements each other and that's why it's so easy to go from playing hockey in the fall and winter to playing lacrosse it's just like all right well i'm gonna go from one set of guys to the other and it's all the same shit right uh Maybe the biggest difference is, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, all the all the polo and, you know, all the shit yeah. that the lacrosse yeah. guys are wearing and, you know, the Brad and Chad stuff, which is, you know. <laughs> it's a little bit more like, you know, prep preppy. school, yeah, stuff like preppy. that. So. Yeah, which I, isn't I, a knock on people. It's No, it's just the it way is. it is. Yeah, no, and I definitely see it as that way. I think that. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it like a privilege thing either, because obviously, you know, hockey is not an inexpensive sport to play either. Too I just good. think it's the way that the community is. I think that like, you know, the Brad and Chad thing, like with the lacrosse community, is like, yeah, that's a thing. But like, you go out in the field and you grind it out, and it's just like when it's on the field, it's yeah, there's right. no difference whether yeah. you're a Brad or Chad guy or you're, you're a guy <laughs> coming from you know exactly. hockey community and right. you know grinder mentality. So if if you're good at playing on on the field, that's all that matters. Yep, uh, definitely. Um, so 
you talked about how uh, Jack Finn, I think, is, you know, guy just ran his mouth <laughs> the whole time. What is, like, if you had to pick a couple things that he said that you were just, like, bent over, like, stomach hurting in tears, like, <laughs> could you pick a couple of those, or are there too many to pick from? There, There's quite a few to pick from, and I, I'm not going to steal his thunder, um, because I know the exact one that I want to talk about, but I think that he's, he's probably going to mention on okay. his right. podcast, so yeah. I'll, I'll save that for him, but... We appreciate that. <laughs> there was a coach that I had, I, I won't name drop him, but he was, you know, this big, towering, uh, you know, black, black dude, and he played, I can't remember, I think he played at Roanoke or something, okay. so he was, you know, talented hockey guy, but... This was probably when I was like first year pee or something. I don't know how old you are pee like what, 12 or 13, maybe something around yeah. that. Yeah, something around that part. And he would shit talk more than we did to the players. It was hysterical. Like, like players would like come by the bench while they were just getting like worked over for the puck or whatever. He'd be like, oh, like, fuck you, kid. You know, and it was just <laughs> like. You're 12, that's cool, right? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. We'd be bent over dying on the bench. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm sure Jack and Mike would know exactly who that is, but it was, it's just so funny that, like... I a, can't wait. <laughs> a, a coach would chirp, like, 12, 13-year-old kids. Telling them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, good good, oh, t- good times there. And it was just, like... I think the kids were like, like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> it's like, coach. I don't know if I have the linguistic skills to respond to this adult, like, telling me to go fuck myself. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, the classic coach stance, like, one foot on the bench, and then one foot on the boards, like, like leaning over. Yep. Oh, fuck you, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I've witnessed that too. That's awesome. I actually, so I'm going off topic, but Timmy Blount's dad used to be our assistant coach. And this one kid, this one kid knocked out Will Hershon from a game. I think it was Stars versus Nova Ice Dogs. Sounds and, about right. Yeah. And Will got knocked out of the game. I think it was a knee to knee hit. And Timmy Blount's dad was like telling the ref like, hey, like why is that? And the kid came over and flicked him off. And we were getting, we were getting pummeled. Like two shifts later, kid comes down, like toe drags our defenseman, you know, roof back in, comes right by our bench, sweeps the snow up on his glove and throws it at Timmy's dad. I was like, oh my God, the kid's like 13. Bold move. It was ballsy. wild. Yeah. It's ballsy. I guess kind of going on that, has anyone touched on the DeMatha? I, okay, occurrence? so I've been built, I've been, all right, we got to talk about this because I've, Meant to bring it up in the past, especially when we had cost on, and, that, and that's fine if if you don't if you want to save it for another day. No, but bring it. I, we need to get this out because you know I want it, to. It's so far in the past that I, who cares at this point. So yeah, yeah. if you want to, so touch on that, please. So memory of it showdown between Carol and Demath, and you, you know you wake up that or you go to bed the night before and you're like shit, like this is gonna yeah. be a bloodbath, and it, it always was, and it was always a great time. It's the way it was supposed to be. It's just right uh, rival high school hockey, and you know it was like any other game. You know, getting a good warm up in. Uh, first period goes by. I think you know half the second period goes by, and great physical game. I think it was like one to one or something. Really tight match yeah. and. Uh, you know, a high hit comes or something on the boards and end of the period, you know, the buzzer goes and it's just like a, you know, it's just kind of like a, you know, scrap for the puck in the corner. And obviously that's just like a, a yeah. little remedy for a little, little after the action this, stuff. Yeah, this going was on. Costa who got hit by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so he got hit like as the buzzer was going off. Got yeah, hit, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So clean hit, but like, yeah. it was just like, all right, buddy, that's a little too much. Right. Yeah. You, know, you knew the time was running out Yeah. and he was eating the puck. So, uh, so the Demathe kid, I can't remember who it was, you know, kind of threw a high hit. I wish I remembered his name. Yeah, I can't remember. And, you know, Costa gave him a shove back, and then the Demathe kid just, like, snapped. And then Costa snapped, and Costa got his head, or uh, his helmet ripped off. And, and it was just like a 1v1 thing. Like, yeah. everybody else was kind of like, yeah, we don't need to, to yeah. hop in on this. But then when we, when we started, like, seeing, like, the helmets get ripped off, like, uh, I think Costa, like, I don't know if he got his tooth knocked out or, like, half it was, like, yeah. broken off or some Ugh. shit. 
So a lot of blood. So after yeah. like yeah, after like we saw like the bleeding and stuff, like we started jumping in and the refs like, you know, they couldn't really handle all that. Yeah. So I think that they kinda let it simmer down a little bit, you know, it was just like a big scrap and it was like whatever. So yep. it's it's done. Like period's over. Yep. We're gonna go, you know, go get changed or uh you know, go to the locker room and let the Zam thing happen, let everybody cool off. But the refs <laughs> kind of fucked up where, you know, they usually let one team go before the other. Oh god. <laughs> and it's like one common door in that back like Logsden room. Yep. Yeah. So they open up the doors, the floodgates of hell. Like, <laughs> and the parents are all standing there, and like, obviously, like everybody's like all like you know heated up after something like that. So some Dematha guys get off, some Calvert Hall guys get off, and I was like, you know, I was kind of hanging out in the back, just making sure everything was good, like getting off the ice. And I just start seeing gloves like go everywhere. Like <laughs> as soon as like we get off the ice, gloves are flying. Like, and I was like, holy shit! I, I saw parents getting into it, and I remember like you know flying off the ice and I come in like 20 miles an hour just like right. you know getting off the yeah. ice and you know like I said parents were fighting players like I remember Trey Goss Trey Goss the parent what, puncher yes <laughs> the parent puncher exactly some dad like grabbed his jersey and was like trying to pull him away Trey turns around clocks the shit out of this with dad with a hockey glove on hockey glove on this dad was wearing glasses glasses exploded <laughs> on his face <laughs> so it, was, it was incredible uh, my dad tells me he, Kurt Barsotti was getting manhandled by this one Damatha kid, and my dad had to go over and break the two up. And Kurt Barsotti lost his mind, like was like, "I got fun." And my dad like had to hold him back. This is, we always, you know, whenever we talk about that game, we talk about. This. And he he was like had to hold back. I said, Kurt, come down, come down, come. And meanwhile, like Trey's pummeling parents, right? <laughs> and kids are fighting everywhere. And I just remember going to the locker room, and Shramick came in, and he goes. All right, like you know, we're, we're gonna keep playing, but everybody's gone, and we're like, "What?" And he's like, the cops came. They had to wow. call the cops because yeah. the game got. Bro- so my dad texted me. I remember this, and he said, "Hey, like, I'm gonna be outside. You know, text me when the game's over. Have a good third period." I'm like, "What the fuck?" We walked out empty. No, no parents. It was so weird. Wow. Yeah. They had a couple. Tamantha had a couple of fans that had like Hawaiian shirts on. Like five dudes that were just causing noise. They're gone. Everybody's gone. It was wow. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, literally the only thing you hear is like the puck and like the crinkle of the ice. It was just like this is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very weird. But one of the wildest stories I've ever you know been. That's a part insane. Of. That's it, like something you see like on YouTube. It's like when they let like two teams from the A go at the same time. It'd go viral. And yeah. If if social media was as big back then as it was now, like it, yeah. it would have gone viral. Well, two things on that story. One, my brother is a senior at Calvert Hall this year. Uh, he plays on the team, and it's like still a story that's like passed around. That's it's like, awesome. Oh, that's you heard great. about that fight one time that you know. That's like, great. Yeah, yeah, so it's cool. That it's like getting passed down. So it's, you know, it's tradition. It, it, it heats the game up a little bit more when you go against the Stags. Yeah. And then number two, this live barn thing. I don't think that that shit would fly like today. Do you guys know what Live Barn is? No. It's no. like Educators. pretty much at every rink now they have overhead cams. that It's like uh, it follows the puck. And you I can do like, know this, actually. Yeah. You yeah, buy yeah. Like a subscription. My mom has it. You and can watch your kids' games now. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. But like uh, coaches have been getting in trouble for what they're saying to players. and uh, like It's just, it, you know. You can't do anything mic'd up now. Yeah. You can't. Someone gets in trouble. Well, it, it just – goes back to that point where it's like no matter what you do in today's world somewhere there's a camera watching you yep yeah it's, it's someone's gonna get offended yeah yeah. yeah that too <laughs> yeah so going back on like what that coach said i mean he would probably be, <laughs> you know he'd yeah. be in big right. trouble yeah. if there was live arm back then so oh yeah so we're gonna have a couple uh bonus questions i usually usually nick does this segment so I'll yeah just these are just like off. cheesy hockey questions uh fishbowl or cage cage never wore a fishbowl uh 
Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I'm uh, not a fishbowl guy. White tape or black tape? No preference. Okay. I wouldn't say I was like a, a tape whore, okay. <laughs> but like yeah. I was like, hey, can I get a little tape? There you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Whoever else has it. Not exactly. Me. <laughs> yeah. Same with like the hockey ball, too. I was like, hey, can I borrow your hockey ball real quick? A little there stick handling go. on the. Uh, who wins the cup this year? Uh, I heard a lot of talk about the Avs, and then, you know, I heard, a, you know, everybody's saying caps, too. Just kind of like, oh, it's just because you're a, you're a caps fan, but. Uh, I mean, honestly, like it sucks. I have not been able to watch that much hockey with like, you know, being in, you know, being active duty right now. Um, It's just tough. So honestly, I'm going to have a no comment on that because I just, I'll be honest. I just haven't watched that much hockey. It sucks. Good answer. Uh, And you touched on how, you know, Marty St. Louis was like your favorite player to watch growing up. Uh, You know, who would you say, you know, currently, do you have a favorite player in the league right now? Hmm. I don't know. I, honestly, like when I get, when I do get the chance to watch hockey, I just like watching a good game. Yep. That's that's the biggest thing for me. It's like you know, I heard you guys talking about like you know, oh, I just want to go to the game and like watch the fights or whatever like that. It's just yeah. like, like no, yeah. that's not what you go to a hockey game for. Exactly. You go to watch a good hockey game. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what I'm in for. All right. Well, I think yeah. I think that's about it. You know, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, thank you for your service to our country. That's definitely Absolutely. something that we take very seriously. Uh, and you know. I think that Damatha story is gonna be like I think that might be the best this, one we've had on. Th- this was awesome. Yeah, this, this was, was really good. This was a ten so out of ten. Appreciate you coming on, Dan, and uh, you know, enjoy the upcoming vacation in Mexico. Nice. Yeah, taking that flight out today, but I really appreciate you guys having me on here and uh, just reminiscing on some hockey stories is always a good time. So I don't have too much uh, touch on my hockey uh, on hockey now, um, yeah. but it's it's so good to just you know listen to your guys' podcasts and you know, local Maryland hockey stories. So just keep up what you're doing. It's, it's awesome to listen to. We'll do appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you guys. Thank you to Dan for coming on the podcast. I thought he was really good. Uh, had some good insight on his military background that I thought was interesting. Some great stories, obviously. Great stories for Uh, sure. Uh, hopefully you guys get a kick out of that. And as he mentioned in his interview, there were a couple people who are going to be future guests, We'll be announcing that in the coming weeks, but you guys will definitely not want to miss this. This is uh That is a can't miss I would say episode. These, I would say these three interviews are right up there with some of the best of them. For sure, definitely. And we're gonna hop into the gambling picks for this week. Uh, if you spent a lot on Christmas gifts and lost a lot of money on New Year's tickets to whatever overpriced bar slash club you went to, hopefully we can help you win some of that back. Uh, Nick's going to tee you up with the puck line lock for the week. So my puck line for the week is going to be the Blues against the Sharks on Tuesday. The Blues are atop the Central. The Sharks are a dumpster fire. This seems like a win-win for me. I like that pick. Uh, I am going to have, for my puck line pick, the Calgary Flames over the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night in Calgary. Battle of Alberta. The Flames have been much better since Peters got fired. Oilers, as Nick mentioned earlier in the episode, have lost eight of their last ten. They and Dreisaitl and McDavid they have not stink. looked great. I'm going to take a hot team, no pun intended, over nice. a cold team. That's who I'm rocking with for the puck line. You also should probably get that at a really good price. I think yes. you'll probably be at close to plus 180, plus 170 in that range. I would agree. My money line is going to be the Stars at the Kings on Wednesday. The Kings are a bottom feeder. Um, The Stars are starting to pick it up a little bit again. And I do like doing money lines on the road. They usually give you a little bit better return on investment. So I'm taking the Stars in Los Angeles on Wednesday. 
So I'm going to have two money lines, one that I say that you should take and one that I think if you're a devil like me, you're maybe going to flirt with gut instinct. The one that you should take in is my official published pick for the week is going to be the Winnipeg Jets over the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto on Wednesday. Revenge game. Revenge game. They just got pistol whipped by the Leafs. Uh, the Leafs are going to be heavy favorites. Uh, mostly because they're from Toronto and you know, Vegas loves sucking off the big market teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not only that, uh, the game is in Toronto. So I think the Jets are probably going to be in the range of plus 140, plus 150, I would say so. something around there. Uh, so hop on them for the money line. It's going to be a big revenge game for them, and they've been playing well uh, with the exception of their most recent game to the Leafs as of late. My gut instinct pick that I'm going to stupidly take, and you can ride with me if you want, I'm going to take the New York Rangers or Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday night in Madison Square Garden. Ooh. I think that the – I don't know. They play really hard against good teams. Here's what I will say. If Colorado is heavy favorites, take the Rangers on the not normal puck line, the one where you can – Still win money if they lose by one, not where they have to win by two. The alternate puck line, yes. as some people call it. Yeah. If you can get that at a decent price, then take that. But I don't know. I just have a gut instinct. The Rangers are going to beat the Avalanche Tuesday night at the Garden. You'll probably get them, no joke, probably close to one plus 180, somewhere around there. Maybe more. Colorado is yeah. always heavy favorites in that regard. So I'm going to take the Rangers. Uh, again, not saying you should, but if you're a devil like me, then ride with me. Nice. My over for the week is going to be the Coyotes at the Hurricanes on Friday, two teams that can light it up uh, when they want to. And something about this game to me says over. The the Canes have been one of five the 5-3. Yeah, the yeah. Canes have been one of the best over teams in the league this yeah. year so far. I also say that if it's over doesn't hit then you by the little have to take it under next week. Okay. It's, it's deal. It's like wow. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's the over segment for me. It them. is the over segment for me. Uh my over-under for the week is going to be the over on Friday night on a, with a matchup between the Ottawa Senators and Detroit Red Wings in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. I've been stupid about this matchup in the past. Uh, this is the third team that these the, – Jesus Christ, English. This is the third time these two teams will be meeting this season. Uh, the over has hit on the prior two meetings. I'm taking the over on Friday night, Detroit, Ottawa, book it. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I mean, two two poorly defensive teams, so I feel like that's oh, a matchup. Oh, for sure. Uh, you want to do first and fourth liner? Yeah, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. No stats for you. No nerd talk. Uh, first liner, Max Pacioretty. Fourth liner, Carey Price. Nice. My first is Ilya Samsonov, and my fourth is going to be Justin Falk. Yeah. Uh, don't feel like doing the nerd talk today, but there's yeah. one's been hot, one's been not. Take, us for, take our word for it. Definitely. Uh, now, let's move on. To the final segment of the episode, before we wrap up here, Nick is going to give you a recap on the World Juniors. So, this sucks. Um, the United States was eliminated, eliminated from medal contention in their quarterfinal matchup against Finland on Thursday. Uh, this is the second straight year that Finland has eliminated the United States. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, the U.S. lost to the Finns last year in the gold medal game. Finland has kind of owned North American teams over the last few years. Uh, they eliminated the United States this year and last year, and they knocked out Canada last year. Uh, 
the United States took way too many penalties during this tournament. Uh, their penalty kill was arguably the best in the tournament, but I think that's because it got so much damn practice. Um, that combined them with bad turnovers, lost them a very tight game against Canada. Uh, ultimately, it was a disappointing showing because I think that team had legitimate medal potential. Um, but they were ultimately beaten by a very, very talented and very smooth skating finish team. Uh, so the semifinals for this tournament will be on Saturday. We're recording this on Friday. Uh, Russia and Sweden will be playing at 9 in the morning. Canada and Finland will be at 1 p.m. And then the gold, gold medal game will be on Sunday. So ultimately, you know, a disappointing showing for the United States. A couple players really stood out. Um, if you're a hockey fan in Southern California, for the Ducks, Trevor Zegras, I mean, look out. That kid looked incredible. Um, and for the Kings, Alex Turcott, he also looked phenomenal. Nice. Um, and that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't had a ton of time to watch this tournament. I think I've watched about probably half of one United States game. Uh, unfortunately, the times are during work hours. Had to work yeah. through the holidays, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, Alexis Lafreniere, you know, had the injury, came back, He's looks so dynamite. Sick. Yeah. Who's the one? Do you know the kid for the Finns who is a Colorado prospect? He's really, really good. There was an Instagram highlight on NHL discussion saying something um, like... I don't know the name off the top of my head. Well, I don't know his name, but there's a, some kid on Finland who's nasty. And, of course, he's Colorado. Colorado's got a great prospect pool. It's only going to get better for them. They might be the next dynasty. Seriously. Uh, Again, I mean, remember what they did in the you yeah. know, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and if McKinnon's going to take a pay, you know, a little generous pay cut like he said he would on his next contract yeah. negotiation, they're going to be set. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else for this episode? I really don't I have too much. I can't think of anything else. I think that's it for me. Yeah, uh, I think I'm good. Here's what I will say. Sorry for, you know, the delay in the three weeks and being patient with us on, you know, just for everything. Sometimes real life uh, comes in front of podcasts and with the holidays and other things that have gone on in our lives. Uh, it's been a little busy lately, so we try the best we can. You know, we know you guys are pretty understanding, um, so we want to thank you for that. The upcoming episodes are going to be really good. Uh, if you guys are into... Funny ass stories. I mean, some of the next couple interviews are hilarious. I think the next one that releases after this is probably going to be. It's hysterical. It's the most requested and most highly anticipated without giving too many details. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, Dan also did a great job. Yeah. I mean, one of my good friends who, you know, I grew up with, and we have a lot more people. And I'm, like I said earlier, we have about 10 people who more who want to come on. So. It's been awesome. Uh, thank you for all of the support so far, all the support in 2019. You know, nobody laughed at us when we started this shit up. Uh, it's been great. I can't believe that people listen to you and me dick around in our voices. In, I know. That must suck for them. You know, cars all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Nick was sh shared something with me the other day that I really hit home for me. Uh, you know, I think he said some people in the NYPD up where your girlfriend are, you know, we're listening to yeah, our pod. Yeah, one of my um, my girlfriend's cousin's husband, uh, Danny, if you're listening to this in your uh, NYPD squad car, shout out to Danny. Um, he came up to me at my girlfriend's family's Christmas party. He was like, yeah, you guys are great. Listen to you all the time. You guys are freaking hysterical. I appreciate that, Danny. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the support. Spread the word. We're not going anywhere. 2020 is our year. 
Uh, and I will let you guys know on the Instagram, I might, I might be going to the Florida Panthers-Arizona Coyotes game on Tuesday, January 7th. Uh, I'm going to be down in Miami for work, so might nice. might have to catch a Cats-Yotes game yeah. in the process. Um, if I do, I'll throw it up on the Instagram highlights. I feel like that would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of a yeah. good matchup. Um, Go to a hockey game and a t-shirt. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But other than that, I got nothing left for you guys. So without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>